It's come to this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, coming in hot. Jeez, that was too hot. I came, too hot. I came in, I ran up to the mic, and, and it just, <laughs> I, uh, the speed just shot out of me. You guys, it's come to this. <laughs> it's come to this. We're here. Oh. Get used to it. Gosh. I'm Charlie. Out of breath. I'm Eric. Yeah, man. That was intense. That the, was this our was hardest the, opening. Yeah, this is a lot of cardio goes into this yeah. podcast, apparently. God, I'm gassed. <laughs> Welcome back to the movie podcast. It's that it's that best of the fall months. We We're are in here. October. We are it's in the season here. of the witch, right? Oh yeah, very appropriate. And boy, do that is appropriate. We are going to be <laughs> dropping some season of a witch oh. on people tonight. Here we go. It's come oh, to I'm this. Excited. The uh, I've been even since starting the pod. I know we've done a lot of horror because we love horror. Sure, but something about horror in October. It has, uh, there's an extra special punch to it. Absolutely. It goes you know? together like uh, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Let's say. That is a good combo. Pumpkin and pie. Yeah. Is right? that a thing? <laughs> Can't have one without the other, literally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's something about the horror movies in October. It's where we do our big horror day festival where we watch stuff. Whenever yes. we do get together to watch movies in general, it's always horror movies. It's never, you know, any of the other thing on the spectrum. We love it. It's them. a special right. month. I'm going to stop apologizing for loving horror <laughs> yeah, movies. Yeah, we're saying right? happy Halloween okay, again. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Wait, no, that's not but, right. <laughs> so Charlie and I have a huge Doctor Horror movies to talk about, but the two that might not seem totally connected at first, one an oldie, one a very newie. Yes. Um, we're going to be going Season of the Witch style tonight with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. The brand new one. The very brand new yeah. one. And uh, Halloween 3, Season, Season of the of Witch. Season of the Witch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark... Uh, kind of came along with this because they used the song yeah uh, the donovan season song of, is the intro season and of then the a, witch a, like a lana del rey cover over the credits Ooh. so it's kind of the bookend very hip the old to the modern uh, yeah of the so movie they have that motif running through it so uh yeah, yeah we we just saw that recently at the uh, third street cinema at the third street <laughs> cinema oh. still 375 it's still 375 uh Inflation does not hit. Movies that came out three months ago are still there, so we go check them out when we got the time. Brother, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood starting today. Oh, we're getting down there. I gotta go. At this point, I'm close enough to double digits that it feels like feels (laughs) like dumb if I don't do it. Yeah, right. You don't want to be just sitting at nine screenings. Nine, really? Could have hit the double ten. Yeah. So, oh, that's like let's do it. You know, that's how I ended up with twelve cats. (laughs) It's like you hit nine, and you're just like, well, I'm so close to double digits. And then you get double digits, and you're like, I mean, I'm right next to a 12-pack. Just a dozen staring at you right there. just a dozen. And then you get 12, and then you got to get... The baker's dozen. The baker's dozen. Yeah, no, so, you know, it's... You uh, don't have 12 cats. I have I have a one cat. You have one is twelve size, yeah, twelve cat I, exactly. size. Exactly. <laughs> he's uh he's a big adult son. 
That's funny. I'm a big man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we went to Third Street uh, just this week and saw scary stories to tell in the dark. We did. And um, I assume, because we are men of a certain age that these books were also quite formative for you? Right, I was going to say these were, uh, you know, the reason I was excited to see this movie at all, even though it does seem like a movie aimed at a younger audience. Right. Um, a teenage and pre-teen audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that, trying to capture that Stranger Things. Right, crowd, exactly. Sure. But uh, yeah, these are these are books that came out in the late 80s, early 90s, I guess, because I would have been, yeah, eight or nine probably when I discovered them. Yeah. About that time, and... They were, uh, like we'd said before, maybe on another episode or just in conversation, kind of a big introduction into horror for us as kids. Oh, yeah. It was like the goosebumps of sure. our, you know, it was the, the proto-bumps. Yeah. As they <laughs> never say. And the one thing that those those books were just like what they say they are, scary stories. And yeah. uh, this was, they were like indoctrinating these kids with horror. Right. These were sold, the first place I saw these were at school. Mm-hmm. Because they sold them on, like, the Scholastic list and the Bookmobile. They uh, did. And so tons of people in my class would just have these books. They got passed around. I, n- I don't know where else I would have even heard of these. No, Maybe these the library. Yeah. But it's like they were pushing these this horror the on the school. The American education system wanted to scare you as yeah. a child more than anything. <laughs> and not just in this way. I mean, sex ed, we won't even go there. Yeah. But. And no, so, like yeah. these, so this was like when I was, you know, nine or ten. Mm-hmm. This was like had to be the first actual horror uh, literature that I was reading. I did read Choose Your Own Adventures, and they had some that were kind of scary. They could have, but that not element. outright sure horror horror. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. These were pure horror ghosts and monsters, and mm-hmm. often kids were the victims, or at least the lead characters. And yeah. The main thing, though, is the illustrations. Those were just totally some of the most insane things I've ever seen. I can't believe that that stuff actually got printed and sold to kids. I know because it's really genuinely disturbing-looking material. None of the teachers ever questioned haunting. it, uh, just because it was, you know. You wonder why. But some of those pictures are downright evil to like a, a, a single digit age kid they just had a very scary kind of like sketchy quality yeah that they were all like these sketchy it looked shock like drugs. uh it looked like an insane person had made them oh yeah it was it was like demented shell silverstein totally kind of drawing oh yeah i could see that very much that's so. what in our so uh this must have been fourth or fifth grade mm-hmm. when i when i saw one of these for the first time in in our classroom we had you know the book nook Oh yeah, in uh, in the corner with uh, some pillows and a bunch of bookcases with National Geographic's and books and all that kind of thing, and uh, these books were just like in that, and the Shell Silverstein books, mm-hmm. and so we read a lot of a lot of National Geographic to mm-hmm. look for boobs, <laughs> and then and then a lot of uh, is that just me? That's just my class. I mean, to you admit know? it freely here and yeah. Uh, the Year of the Lord, 2019. I myself on, uh, so it's coming. You were in the Tit Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we remember, patrol. what was God that? God bless Sleepaway Camp 2. The Tit <laughs> Patrol. Those kids. Like, they had laminated cards. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so those, those Shell Silverstein books were super popular mm-hmm. with, uh, with the kids. And, uh, yeah, these scary stories were, like, demented Shell Silverstein down to the drawings and down to just, like, that... Uh, floral 
kind of literature, prose. Oh, yeah. And, man, we got into them. I didn't know where these things came from. They were kind of that same space in my brain as a Christmas story. Hmm. As in, I saw it when I was a kid, and I had no idea if this movie was, like, 50 years old or right. new, you know, if it was, like, a new thing. Oh, yeah. I never, before the internet, I just didn't know. Could have been, yeah, exactly. Could have been something out of the 20s or yeah. uh, 1820s yeah. for all you I had knew. No actual, I didn't notice, I didn't know any of the actors in it from other And they're all pretty classic. Stuff. They're all very kind of classic stories. There's none that were like on the major highway. Yeah. You know, Using was, his supercomputer <laughs> while, exactly. while on his hoverboard. There, there was no haunted video games or anything that I remember. It was all just like ghosts who are missing a yeah, toe. There was no modern and, technology. Uh, it was all like. Old houses, era. old creaky mm-hmm. areas, yeah, that you would tell in the dark, presumably before electricity existed, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so they really why, had this timeless quality. And, yeah. and so many of them, I remember, I haven't read those books since I got out of that classroom, basically. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I haven't revisited them. I yeah. don't know if they would hold up at all. Yeah, I have but no idea. The memories from some of those stories were so burned into be, my head. I'm sure it'd be nostalgic, but yeah, uh, yeah it's been a... I, forever since I've looked back. I'm sure they still sell them and oh, have sure. them in the schools. They're, they're not out of print. Because, I mean, they make this... I was just going to say, why do you make a movie about this? Yeah. But they must still be no, out Yeah, they've, they've and around. remained through culture. Yeah. So I was pretty excited for this, honestly. I guess not... You can kind of tell my level of excitement is if I see it first week at the Roxy. Right. Sometime it's playing at the Roxy. Or I'll wait till Third Street. Or Third Street, yeah. A Tuesday on a, you know... Yeah. Random uh, October week. Yeah, but... So this is kind of right in between there where I actually wanted to see it, Roxy, but then I just figured, ah, it's already been out three weeks. I had other plans and couldn't make it in the mm-hmm. first opening weeks. Uh, and I was like, it'll be at Third Street in like another week. Well, it took like two and a half months, it seems like. I think this movie here. ended up being kind of popular. Yeah. So it made some money. Good for, good for this, which is... Yeah. So we saw it at Third Street this week, and... What did you think? <laughs> what did you I think? I thought it was uh, for kids. Yeah, it just was. Um, it had the it had four or five of the old stories uh-huh. that they took inspiration from. But it was, uh, yeah, the kids. It was kind of a downer. It was kids. It um, wasn't. It wasn't a bad movie, but it was the the portions were all wrong. Mm-hmm. You know the the distribution of scary stories to the wraparound movie the portions were way off right you had i would say it's a it feels long it's a too long movie it's an hour 50 it is but it's too long right an hour 50 it felt way too long it, and I, could, I thought it was going to be like a 90 minute thing you so. could read probably both scary stories <laughs> books in the time it takes you to watch this movie i would think so which you would be better off doing Right, because the the this movie is first of all it takes twenty minutes to get into the scary stories. They it's basically these kids in the sixties. Yeah, it's set in nineteen sixty eight for, I guess, aesthetic purposes. For some reason, uh, you've got a we'll draft, get to that. <laughs> you've got a draft dodger. Uh, you've got Nixon on the TV in the background this movie the whole talks time. About it's Richard trying to Nixon get political so much. Yeah, it, it's it's it so is, weird. It is so bizarre for what we said. These books were kind of out of whatever time. mm Hmm. They weren't sitting there being like, boy, the new Lyndon B. Johnson. Exactly. Like, they yes. weren't talking about it. They were just letting you experience in whatever time you were reading it. Right. And here the movie's just like, 
Rick's and Nick, Richard Nixon's running for president against Walter Mondale. And it's but like, then oh the, my God. The, the commentary was literally like, Tricky Dick, huh? That's a name. Yeah, not a name I want a president having. <laughs> like, what is this movie? What are we doing right now? And, and we're following kids who are kind of got all the token characteristics of every kind of kid group, you know, horror movie that I grew which, up watching. Which I also like. Not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. But it just was like, oh, a, you know, the it's girl familiar, who loves but, the horror uh, movies and, and the nerdy kid who doesn't believe anything anyone says. And uh, yeah, it, it was just very. And so it takes them 20 minutes to find these scary stories while they're just kind of being kids. Yeah. And it opens on Halloween. Like... And you never open on <laughs> yeah, Halloween. We just we start Halloween night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're. You build up to Halloween. It's like Halloween night. Wait, this movie's almost two hours long. Yeah. How, is it all on Halloween night? Nope. No, no, so just this first scene. It goes into mid-November. Yeah, all the scary stuff is reason. happening. Yeah, on, uh, yeah, it's it is, Veterans Day, basically. So I didn't, as I am a spoiler avoider, uh, I didn't know if this was just going to be a straight-up anthology mm-hmm. movie or if it would be... You know, even if it was something like Tales uh, from the Dark Side movie that has the little Deborah Harry interstitials with her baking the kid. But the story is, you know, three minutes in between the other 20 plus minute stories. And so I was like crossing my fingers for that. Mm -hmm. I know we we have a lot of TV anthologies now uh, that we didn't have, Mm -hmm. even you know, 10 years ago. And so maybe they were like, oh, we can't just do a theater anthology people people get that on tv so they went all wraparound story with <laughs> exactly. maybe there was maybe what 20 25 minutes that were actually the scary stories they were yeah they were all pretty brief like, encounters like a 75 25 split between all background story yeah. of how the the scary stories were made yeah exactly we we focus on too much of the uh, how the sausage is made mm-hmm. rather than enjoying the meal and then and then you know the it it basically turns into death note where this they find they find a book and let me tell you eric oh my god (laughs) there are (laughs) you don't read this book (laughs) you don't read this book the book reads you Dude. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> yeah, it's such a book. Read you. I saw Eric. a Yakov Shmirnov credit and yeah, the, uh, we'll in the credits story. By. So this is one of those moments that occasionally happens. I think I'm a good movie viewer <laughs> in the theater. Okay, I think uh, you, you got know, a high opinion of yourself. You, well, I think I'm I'll, an I'll asset to I'll the squad okay. when watching a movie. I think I can lean in with some whispered decent insights or jokes you know oh this guy was in this movie and then you go oh yeah that was it Mm -hmm. and then i lean Mm -hmm. back going that was a good thing to lean in for (laughs) that was good i've enhanced my fellow uh movie patrons uh experience yeah but there are there have been occasions where say i went into aquaman midway through just (laughs) killing time between another movie at third street and there was a line in Aquaman <laughs> where Patrick Wilson says, if I can join this kingdom and talk this group of fish into doing this, then I will become the ocean master. <laughs> and I had snuck into this movie 40 minutes in 
and plopped down in the back corner seat. And there was like 20 other people that had actually paid to see Aquaman there. Yeah. And I had been in there two minutes shuffling in with like my, my bag. <laughs> and Patrick Wilson drops Ocean Master line. And I do one of those spit out water, burst out oh, laughing oh, yeah. moments. Because I couldn't help it. It was so damn funny to me. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh, I'm just a jerk coming in. Robert De Niroing up the yeah. <laughs> theater. Cape Fear. Just smoking thing. it while watching <laughs> Problem Child. Flipping out for, for John Ritter. Ocean Master. Yeah, and so I'm... Uh, and so I hate... I hate killing people's buzz like that. But I did a spit out laugh once she dropped the... The book reads you. Yeah, I don't think there was any buzz to kill at that point. The, the, us and the four other people in the theater were kind of... Uh, already already kind of like um not checking out quite yet but going uh yeah it was uh no i think at one point i leaned over and was like there will be scary stories (laughs) yeah in this movie about come for the scary stories (laughs) there like uh i come for goldblum in jurassic park like (laughs) yeah we'll be dinosaurs on this tour (laughs) yeah we came to see naked lunch and they are (laughs) i can tell you two things wrong with that title (laughs) And so, yeah, there was, like, uh, a few other people in there. And, yeah, the crowd was already, like, kind of knocked on their heels a bit. Because there's uh, just inserted early racism. Oh, yeah. In there. Oh, they're letting you know every which way it's the 60s, man. Yeah, they're dropping some... Like, kids would... Like, preteens are going to be like, yeah, like the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Man, things were tough in oh, the 60s. why did you set your movie in the 60s? Oh, we uh, we wanted to make less money, <laughs> yeah. actually. It's for kids. <laughs> it's for kids, so we wanted to make it as foreign of an experience Crazy. as possible to them. Funny. And so, yeah, there was like um, a Hispanic couple on a date in the theater, and then the movie 10 minutes in is dropping just Hispanic racial slurs Oh, yeah, on yeah, you. yeah. And I heard him do like a little like... <laughs> like, like cool whoa came to scary stories i didn't expect to get racist comments three different times to my specific character oh man like geez what are we doing here scary stories <laughs> what movie is who is this for and why are we doing this it's november 2nd for some reason <laughs> yeah. everyone's being racist to this kid <laughs> it is the weirdest choices it it's so it. bizarre. I, oh, the, before the racial stuff hit, I was actually into it. Mm-hmm. Because here's where they had me. It did start on Halloween, which instead of me being initially thinking like, what is this going to like Thanksgiving? Like, wh- wh- what's happening? It made me go, oh, cool. It is an anthology and all the stories are going to be told like, around a campfire on Halloween night. Right, or everything's going to happen on Halloween night or something. Yeah, and I was way into that idea. Mm-hmm. And so I was enjoying just hanging out with these kids. Because you said, geez, we just hang out with these kids for like, they're just having a normal night for <laughs> for the first 20 minutes of this movie. But I was kind of like into it because I was like, they're going to like, oh, cool, they're going to this haunted house. Somebody's going to dare somebody to tell them a scary story in the house. Right. And, and then that's the whole go. movie. Yeah. And we're going to get, you know, eight of these short stories. That's what I thought. <laughs> and so I was into that was, it. That was the bill of goods. Yeah. yeah. Scary stories to tell in the dark. They got 
one word of that <laughs> that title right. Dark. Dark. <laughs> this is one of the most visually dark movies, uh, yeah, I've ever seen. I couldn't even make out what was happening most of the time. Yeah. It's maybe like maybe that's the you know projector at Thursday. Like we're suddenly but... Barry Lyndon and we're using all natural, <laughs> all uh, natural light, light in the cornfield. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to. Just a any... cornfield in pitch black dark. It's like, well, I'm hearing a lot of rustling. So either it is windy or a kid is brushing shoulders well, with corn. Yeah, the kid in the dark clothes walking around the dark cornfield. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the stories themselves had some fun moments. I, I liked, thought the stories I, were good. The, I thought I the cornfield Harold. one was good. Yeah. Harold was good. And that uh, was definitely one of the stories I remember. Mm-hmm. I, I like the. Uh, I like the hospital one, the red room. Yes, the Red Room's great. I think the Red Room might have been the strongest the, uh, of the stories that got used. Yeah, well, that one creature, the one creature in the Red Room that kind of is lumbering towards the kid from mm-hmm. all directions, that was that was the bit that looked most like the book. Like, totally. That looked like the illustration Yeah, that character the was, book. since the, yeah, the character was drawn and created like one of the sketches in the book. Which was and very it, cool re- because it was this really very bizarre, otherworldly looking kind of blobbous creature that yeah yeah i thought it was and it's pretty a cool, cool story and one of the things that i loved about the book so much was that they didn't aim for necessary plausible outcomes in these stories some of them were a little more real mm-hmm. and then others were like this which just with no explanation just up oh, kids in the red room and suddenly these being closed in. you know like it didn't have to explain right just the idea of it was scary to read and so I thought that was probably the best of the stories they did. Yeah, I but liked in, it. Instead of having these kids hanging out and just find, how could they just not find a book <laughs> that already had the stories in it, and then they read each take a turn reading the stories? You got four or five kids there. Boom! You have five stories that you can just read. They're already written. Find an old book. They overthought. Instead, yeah. they have to create this elaborate backstory that this girl who was, like, mentally and physically abused in the haunted house, now they're having, like, vicarious experiences through her, mm-hmm. and she's writing new stories featuring all of them. Yeah, a lot going the, on there. the book they find already had, like, 80 stories in it. <laughs> They're flipping through this book. Yeah, they didn't even stop to look at any of those yeah, stories. They and then... flipped through the whole book just reading the tiles. It's just like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, I've heard of this one. Oh, yeah. And they get to then a blank that page that then starts, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I heard of this. That sounds, <laughs> sounds crazy. Well, let's get to this blank page at the back. Whoa. So then they're just writing. So then this character, Sarah, the abused girl, just mm, starts. I don't even remember her name. They, It's so dumb. God damn, it's so dumb the more I think about it. Because it's such a drag. Because what I now I kind of love this, how stupid this is. Uh-huh. They created this. You're kind of turning yourself yeah. around here. Oh like, my gosh. I have it. So like I just, I'm just cracking the case. And I'm like, no, this does suck, actually. I'm committed now. Uh, it's like. Uh, they created this gigantic backstory of this abused teen whose identity we keep uncovering throughout. It's like an RPG video game where you like find more about the mystery of Helltown. Right. And you keep finding diaries around town with new clues to what happened in Helltown. <laughs> and you're just spending a movie learning bit 
by bit what happened to this girl and it all is because her parents locked her in a basement dungeon room in the dark and to keep herself company the girl wrote scary stories it's like the movie set out to go we're gonna tell these people why the stories are called scary stories <laughs> to tell in the dark and they even at that point they not only have they been political this whole time with the 60s stuff and Nixon in the background, then they get into this whole, the girl is locked away because she's been telling people that the family is poisoning the water yeah. supply. Suddenly it becomes a... Now it's an it's ecological... Like they were like, they're rushing to beat Joker. They're like, Joker always poisons the water supply. We need a water supply poison movie. It just, it, I was like, is this going to turn into like the attorney who takes on the big <laughs> yeah. corporation because yeah. people are getting cancer like in the just town? Just a legal case, like contact. Like... <laughs> like Man, it was so crazy. It was like, do we need any of this? Yeah. Oh my god. The whole the whole movie was this ridiculously uncovered backstory of this girl with like 20 minutes of it being like one of the, like, oh yeah, we got the story with the the red spot where the spiders burst out of the girl's face. Yeah, and you didn't even really get the good payoff on that to see everything kind of burst out because all of a sudden all the lights turn off. Yeah, because it's the darkest and, and, flick ever. And then she's in the dark. It's like, yeah, I think she's there's the spiders on her. She's screaming, and it's like, well, I hear scampering. She, <laughs> so there must be spiders moving in there. In there. Oh, oh, man. Oh, Jesus. So there you go, guys. Maybe one to skip. Go read the stories. Read the stories. Yeah, revisit the stories. them. Uh, be our eyes on that one. Yeah. Since we're just like, well, oh, the books that I loved from childhood, I'll see the movie. I'll get around to it. Jeez. Uh, one thing I did learn, apparently, I don't want no president with no name Tricky Dick. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh, man. A few more things to hate about the movie. Quick, um, yeah. I mean, let's, let's a wrap quick up checklist this of hate hate. list. We got, I got one to add to it, so go ahead. So one of the stories, Me Tied Doughty Walker, which uh, one thing that I loved about the book, it never explained what that phrase meant. Mm-hmm. We have no idea why that guy was saying it, why this head was saying it. So the sketch I remember from the book, I think I remember it as like an older man. It's an old man, white stringy hair kind of head dismembered sure. but everything was so kind of not vague but everything was so open to it it's almost like uh-huh. they were ink blots yeah uh, a little at, bit at, at a point these yeah i remember this illustration i was telling you about uh with a girl who was raised by werewolves hmm. was the story so she was like a wolf girl and it was just this like jag you know for the fur it just looked like a kid angry scribbling mm-hmm. uh kind of drawing and those were those were scary. Those were <laughs> those were scary in the in the halogen lights oh, of yeah. my classroom. Totally. And so the Me Tai Dowdy Walker guy is this big CGI twisty bendy growly spitty slimy collection of limbs. Mm-hmm. And we get like two or three jump scares within there that you just were like, man, they are just falling on their faces. Every <laughs> one of these jump scares, just like oh, not dude. landing. Flush. These were this movie had. I hope that was, that was your thing, wasn't it? That was good. Well, Bring, do your. I yeah. will just add to that that this movie had the worst jump scares of all time. Every jump scare was a non-starter. And I'm actually a jump scares fan. I think they've gotten a bad rap. I, I kind of like jump. I like the if moments. They're done well. They're they're great. But this one, would you know, I like literally... those quiet moments where you're like, "Oh, we're getting to the top of the yeah. roller coaster. We all know what's happening here. We're gonna go down soon." But uh, I kind of dig them. And then here, it was just like, "I'm not 
god dang like the people on screen wouldn't even react they would get no reactions from the people that were supposed to be scared so awful anyways yeah (laughs) it was so nuts add that to the hate list so i found out later that they actually got a real guy to do the movements of the walker Mm -hmm. and it's the guy i don't know if you've watched channel zero the, the cool I've and seen a few cool episodes from short show yeah it's on the shutter so I've, I've checked out I'd a highly, few of them I very recommend especially uh, uh, what Dead Dead End House okay the second I think that's the second I season I was yeah oh that was some of the best horror TV of the decade nice flat out and so the new season had this character Pretzel Jack <laughs> who's this creepy guy who lives in a door in the basement that wasn't always there and it's like this childhood creepy friend come to adult life oh, kind man. of story. Channel Zero is like six episode runs. Right. High quality stuff. And uh, the character's really creepy and they used a real contortionist guy. I forget his name, but it's a guy who can really bend creepy and he's Pretzel tall. Style. And yeah. yeah. Guy has a great body for body horror. Mm. Apparently they used him as the body double for this guy, but it all looks so CGI. Mm. Do you like, think they did like a Gollum thing where they just animated over but him? But it or was something? too animated. Gollum yeah. and and the Apes movies, right? Planet of the Apes movies Andy look creepily real, especially the Apes movies. They're hard to watch for me. Yeah, because those animals are so damn huh. human. And uh, this had none of that human warmth. Oh no, no. To the it was all just fake CGI. And then I find out yesterday. They used the actual Kadorshas. It's like they paint. It's like he painted him a picture, and they were like, "Cool, we're just gonna draw over this the same thing." Right. Ah. Yeah. Again, what just, a bummer. It, a bummer. A bummer. It, it could have been cool. There were cool moments. It wasn't a total dud. I've I have seen worse, but this had like a higher pedestal to fall from. Yeah. So for over a hundred minutes. Oh gosh, one, so a lot of stuff 50. you didn't really care about. Just, I mean, it's for kids. Sure, you know, it would be one of those where you know, if I have a twelve-year-old or something, go, yeah, throw on the scary stories. It's good. Yeah, for them. So, yeah, so we're gonna we're adults though. God, I'm in the worst mood now. Oh no. no. <laughs> no. Well, but things are gonna get better. Things. The mood is about to change. This is the uh, the meat and the potatoes. This is the of big the, one. Uh, now that we've talked episode. seventy minutes about why we hate scary stories, now we'll have to go two hours to talk about how much. We love Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Can't wait. Should we take a break and come back? Want to take a break? Yeah. Let's come back. It has come back to this. Ooh, we're back. We're back. We're back from the break to talk about... Did I say it was the best Halloween? You said best Halloween. I, and I don't know about that. We'll see. That's tough. I do. I love Halloween one and two. How can uh, how can you not? Not a contentious opinion. I how guess. can you not? Yeah, I'm planting my flag. Uh, well, <laughs> we were talking about the one that uh, the one that broke all away. the rules. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, the one that got the black sheep <laughs> of the family. What a bummer uh, that the story goes that Carpenter. Uh, felt gypped on the profits from Halloween, hmm. the classic. Mm-hmm. So he drunkenly half-assed his way through Halloween Two, right? Where he's getting paid but not given a crap about. And he he, time he, made, in. he wrote the script and did stuff. He didn't direct that second one. 
So, oh, did he not direct it? No, he did not direct it too, but uh, he produced it. And he know, did the music. With Deborah. He did the music. It's all new music. It's not yeah. just Redux from Halloween. They're separate scores, obviously both classics. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's a it's it sucks because he uh, really dumped on what I thought. It's the same way Lustig dumps on uh, Maniac Cop 3 because hmm. he felt so because Maniac Cop 2 was such what he considers his like masterpiece. Well, that is, yeah. And then he kind of got producers kind of kept taking the plot of Maniac Cop 3 away from even. But I love Maniac Cop 3, but he hates it. Because gotcha. it just doesn't feel like his well baby. He wanted something else. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so Carpenter like dumps all over Halloween 2 because he was making it just so he could get money that he thought he was already earned. Mm-hmm. But. It has some of the best scares in the series. My favorite specific Halloween scare is Lori hiding in her car, hmm. waiting for Jason to come out the front of that hospital. I think that's one of the scariest scenes in horror. The way he filmed <laughs> with the with the camera inside the car, peeking up out of it, you get Lori's point of view, and every time it goes up, you just expect that dude to be standing in right the doorway. There. Yeah. Oh, it's so desperate and it's so scary. And so it's like, oh, man, I wish he thought it was cooler, this movie that I love so much. Well, he definitely, yeah, he did not want to revisit the Michael Myers character, mm-hmm. right? And they, yeah, they offer and him the money to do this. And then three. Halloween 2 does well. And then he wants to make an anthology movie series. Yeah. As we were talking How- anthologies before. but Yeah, he wanted to do a Halloween movie every year that was just an unrelated story. Just something related to... Yeah, Halloween. always on or around Halloween and just a different story. That's awesome. That's a cool oh, that's a idea. Great idea. Just yeah. a new Halloween movie every year. Uh, and some of them will suck, and then suddenly seven will be really great. They and... do it every year with Christmas. They make new Christmas movies and new Hallmark Channel movies every year. Yes, do exactly. That for, do that for Halloween. <laughs> but then but, this came out, and nobody knew what to make of it because nobody was on board for this Halloween anthology. Like they yeah. either didn't tell people that was the plan, or I think a lot of people left ahead of its time, confused maybe. and upset. Yeah, it was a real naked lunch situation. It was. It was. <laughs> they did not get it, and uh, it has nothing to do with Michael Myers, famously. No mentions whatsoever. It's not it in Haddonfield. It does play the original movie on a TV in the background, maybe even twice. There is a reference to the original Halloween. You know? On a TV. I guess I never but, did. Uh, I, it's like I acknowledged it and like it. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, it is happening in the exact same universe. Well, uh, maybe not. Know? Maybe because Halloween is a movie in this universe, not an actual event That's true, that took huh? place. I like it. But anyways. I like that little wrinkle. This and this takes place in uh, Northern California. Oh yeah, we our, got so our we got to see this. Uh, well, you and I have almost. watched this movie like probably four or five times together. This we've seen it a few times. This might actually be the movie we've watched together the most. I could see that outside of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's definitely been a few times. Uh, but we saw it at the uh, cult film series on the big screen, which was great. Uh, thank you, Neil, for doing that. I think we've seen it honestly twice. At the cult, it was probably it was, it was probably I, three or four years ago. Yeah, when they we've did been it. doing these long enough that yeah. I think they did it. He's, he plays the Halloween ones. Uh, he did that last year, I think, too. But uh, mm-hmm. and uh, no, last year we got the best one. Last year we got the old Halloween with the brand. Oh, new Oh, with Halloween. the new one, yeah. That was the cool double. That feature was last fun. year. 
uh, one the old one at Third Street and the new one and at Roxy. Go across the that street. was like the best aesthetics for a you know for a movie night that we've gotten. Yeah. I really dug. They that. both felt right in their old theater versus the new yeah, theater. Yeah, that was like feel. the best feel for the movie. Funny. Um, so yeah, and then we've watched it on at least one of at one of the movie days. Mm-hmm. I think last year, two Within years, a couple ago, of years, maybe. yeah. yeah. And then I think you and I had just seen it before that. This feels like one we've watched a bunch. But and why not? Why it's not? awesome. It's so good. It's so fun. I, it's uh, got all the great elements that you want in an 80s movie, mm-hmm. 80s horror movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, where do you even start? Yeah, one of the the great John Carpenter scores. Yeah, so I, let's start there because that's the first thing you hear is that great haunting, oh, man. low-key kind of, he was so great at doing these minimalist scores where you think of his stuff as being dee 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 dee, but mm-hmm. man, he could just do like a one beep, one yeah. note kind of yeah, overlay. Yeah, a real mastery of that horror synth yeah. sound. Uh, obviously, the best. It's the all time greatest yeah. horror director or uh, composer. I think he's definitely in that in those ranks. And and this one because Season of the Witch is so much of a modern. You know, it has. Uh, television and modern technology is a thing so it opens with kind of these lines on a tv screen and the synth that it just has that perfect way of matching that Mm -hmm. of having that kind of techno sound to it totally the beeping uh felt very much sounding kind of like a computer room uh, a computer room and then it kind of uh doesn't quite open in a hospital but the you know it kind of has that hospital room feel that Mm -hmm. uh, you have in the movie yeah yeah. it could be any kind of machine technology beeping and like yeah. Very cool. His his scores are so evocative and just so the it's like my favorite sound to my ears when watching hmm. a horror or sci-fi movie when it's one of those uh pulsing synth soundtracks. That's always just immediately like, "Ooh, things just uh-huh. got good." Like, okay. Yeah. Like, it my, can reco- my horror senses are tingling. Yeah, it can recover any mo- like, "Oh, the first <laughs> hour of this is boring." And then suddenly they're running out of the complex and it's like and I'm just like, what? what's going on? Hello, what are we hello, doing here? Hello, we hello. And uh, and this movie just gives that vibe the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's, I God, I think even tougher than doing a Tarantino. Our Tarantino rankings would be if we ever ranked Carpenter movie scores. <laughs> just the scores. The scores yeah. would be harder to rank for me than the movies. Ooh, that would be tough. Uh, that would be very tough. Because, geez, like I love eight of them at least and really like the rest of them so mm-hmm. oh my god mm. um it's terrible uh, that's another episode for sure that's gonna have a, to do oh, some prep ranking work. carpenter we're gonna have to do some prep work Oof. on that first <laughs> but how this we... might come at the top though yeah towards so, the towards the top i get the uh yeah this has to be a uh top contender mm-hmm and the confusion, I kind of get. I'm kind of with the people. If they didn't know, if studios didn't tell them, what are you doing? Why are you? I don't know if that was Carpenter's idea that he just wanted to like, you know, no, these kids are gonna get surprised, or or if the studio didn't want to because they thought that would like kill business before it started. Right. Like maybe they were just hoping for a big opening weekend before well, people were like there's no Mike Myers in this thing I, I wonder if it's just something that uh, I mean because this is 82 when this comes out mm-hmm. and you know that's right when Friday the 13th had started up and uh, maybe uh, I think Kruger is a little further down the way but the idea of the horror villain going through the sequels and being a thing is something that 
was happening. So, yeah. yeah, of course, if you have two Halloween movies with Michael Myers in them, and you're going to see Halloween three, <laughs> yeah. they've, they've you know, set a set a precedent. There's no there's no note at the beginning to tell you anything that yeah. would indicate otherwise. So yeah, who knows what the yeah those needed, early ads might have just been so confusing. It really needed a uh, a witchboard witch trap opening. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who made Witchboard lost the rights to the movie hmm. and he made a sequel called Witch Trap and it opens with a, a graphic that just says this is not a sequel to Witchboard <laughs> <laughs> that would have been just it like right plain there. white writing just uh oh well so there's no confusion this movie with the same plot as Witchboard that's funny. No relation. And so that yeah, just this is not a sequel to Halloween one or two. <laughs> like well, what are they gonna do? They just you just go and try. So uh Well, I saw- was gonna say, just not only is there no Michael Myers, there's no like serial stalker killer at all in this movie. It's not even like a slasher. It's, it's like way more sci fi. Yeah, it's it's it has- sci fi horror. It's sci-fi horror. It's got the the pagan horror element. Yeah. It's got cult stuff, it's got robotics. Yeah, it has nothing <laughs> no. in common. It feels like a totally different universe yeah. than the world of Halloween, which was presenting a real bustling town. This is in some weird robot community, like, weird, totally different vibe. Nothing about this feels like a Halloween movie. Yeah. Which is which is kind of great if the plan had gone as Carpenter wanted it. It's great because we get it. We get you know, it. We get it. we're on board here. Yeah. I mean, we're, obviously, we're smart enough to know what's going on. Yeah, and and we're to the point now where that's not like a controversial take, but it right. was for a while. This movie was hated on for way longer than it should have been, and now it's finally to the point where it's just accepted as clearly. A, right. I don't know if it's ever really been loved though, but yeah, like you said, accepted is the word. It's like, yeah. all right, we're like, not. We're oh, gonna actually, stop this does on this rule. Movie. Yeah, we don't need to <laughs> dump. But kind of, the dumping on it seemed like it went on longer. Oh yeah, than it should have, because it rules. <laughs> it's so good. It's great. It starts off with a, a guy being well, tracked. Well, go ahead. So we it started off. We saw it recently in Santa oh, Rosa, yeah, yeah. and it says no specific place. It just says Northern California. Northern California. That got a big round and of it, applause. And a big round of applause, and then uh... <laughs> and then it says October twenty seventh. Big round <laughs> there, of applause. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, "Yes!" Yeah. And then it said, "Produced by Harvey Weinstein." <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Big round of a biggest yeah. round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is not a Weinstein project. No. No. Um, and so yeah, the mood was like. Uh, this is a great crowd to see. The, this everybody movie, there but. was clearly familiar with the movie, yeah. except for one guy who walked in in the middle of the movie, Steve, uh, who at the end of it, when the lights came up, said. So I am really confused. <laughs> well, you know he, what? He's he had not, never seen it. He just went in knowing it was a Halloween He's sequel. not wrong because... He got uh, to recreate the 1982 experience. Even even if you forgive or don't care about the Michael Myers you know, absence, this is not an easy movie to understand. Yeah, they There's really a lot going chose on here. a weird... I love he's like, I'm going to make this a series. Here's my flagship. Yes. Stonehenge ancient witch toy makers. We open on Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> what? Record scratch. This movie brings in a Stonehenge plot twist mm-hmm. in the final 
20 minutes of the movie. We're, we're going back to the... 15 minutes. Origins, yeah. or maybe supposed, you know, druid yeah. origins of Halloween. This when the hills into, red, you know, ran red, red yeah. and... This uh, goes into pagan culture sacrifice and... Sacrifice like, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, okay, all right. And I'm on board, though. I love it. I think it's great. Right from the beginning, it's, it's so good and it's so cool that it doesn't tell you what it is. Because... Mm-hmm. Right from the beginning, you know, a guy is getting chased by something. You know, we see mysterious men in suits and sunglasses. Right, expressionless men in business suits in the middle of the night chasing this haggard kind of older-looking guy who's got a latex mask with him of a pumpkin jack-o'-lantern face. Yeah, holding a Halloween mask. Um, The three iconic masks featured in this movie. Yes, this movie's got the skull mask, the Halloween jack-o'-lantern mask, and the witch's mask, which yeah. are all just like I want them all. I'd get, I, I'd, I'd get every skull, one of them. Pumpkin witch, where are you? I'd probably go pumpkin skull witch. Okay. Yeah, okay. the skull's pretty cool though. The skull is it's cool. A, it's, it's a, a good fun, shaped skull. Yeah, got the big eyes. But the pumpkin, I really like the. Uh, I like that that glowing orange they mm. used on it. Oh, skull! The skull and pumpkin mask aesthetics in yeah. this movie Mwah. yeah uh, classic but Halloween so yeah masks. we just we get that great carpenter running from something music to start the movie right the same kind of music that plays when the kids getting chased down by christine oh totally that kid and Uchi. you'd have that and you'd have that sting that like oh when like the guy comes oh, up behind you him nailed that sting uh, that oh, that's car- one of my that favorite carpenter tang Oh, so good. I stayed out of that one. I shut up for that one. So we, can, we can use that sound bite. Oh, oh man. Now our, our whole intro is going to be stop making sense <laughs> with that carpenter pang Just... <laughs> all throughout. That'd be awesome. Just get right in the David Burns strumming right after. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Just birth of a remix love right it. there, people. But so right out of the way, you know you're in a Carpenter movie. It's got that killer Carpenter chase Again, he chase didn't music. he didn't direct this one either. So you mm-hmm. know he did you know he did the but music the, and the produced music it. The music puts you right. In, but it, it the feels music like is his. all it takes for me to get into a Carpenter vibe. Yeah, like it all automatically. That's that's almost a hundred percent of the feel for me yeah. for a Carpenter movie. And so I'm just in it. And this movie takes some weird directions, and it is also kind of long. It's kind of long. It's not as long as Scary Stories. No, that was the longest. Um, yeah, the the movie. I just I think it's a great plot though because it really does move seamlessly. Like it doesn't feel clunky or anything. Yeah. So so the guy's running from these evil businessmen. He pops into a gas station. Right, the gas station attendant takes him to the doctor mm-hmm. because he's obviously suffering. And then our doctor is the main character, and I I means like it it yeah. tracks. Yeah, you the know? movie brings us from point A to point B to C. It, even though all those points are kind of weird, yeah, the points we get why all these uh, points are getting gotten to. The the gas station attendant was that the same guy who played uh, the small part in the beginning of the burning, where he's like, "You've got to check this guy out." Ooh, I can't find him on. I, I'm not sure who he is on the IMDb, so I can't find him. But I swear that was like the same Man, actor, real similar, one year apart. Probably it feels right? like you might have spotted yourself. I love that. I love that gas station attendant's little like mini mini subplot of like thinking he's gonna get blamed oh yeah kind of just like well, walking off like hey i just brought him here that is it and no, then just kind of that guy gets a, that's looking a, over that's his shoulder a great as he horror leaves. movie character yeah 
uh that guy nails every single thing he's like kind of a a tall lanky black guy older probably late 40s early 50s and he finds this guy who you know came in screaming find, about yeah, these finds the guy who's men. been running yeah and the whole time he knows he's getting blamed for this shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't look good for him. No, he's right. doing a good thing and immediately just like, oh, right. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I got to get, I got to hit the bricks. That's funny. And I so love I love that. once the guy starts screaming about like, they're coming, they're coming for us. And that's when the, yeah, that black guy's like, yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I love him fast walking down the hall and kind of looking over the shoulder, just like, nope, 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 Nobody's nope. Nobody's following nope, me. Nope, I'm nope, out. Nope. Oh, this, is not, this is not so getting blamed on me. So unnecessary, but just adds yeah, so much to it. They could have just had that guy show up at the hospital. Yeah. And that's. Or just have the, you know, anyways, yeah. They could have just had the, the crazy guy show up. They exactly. didn't need this gas station attendant. But he was so great in the movie. It's so perfect. And that's the kind of stuff that really elevates a movie like this. Mm-hmm. When you have not just the really important stuff, but the background and the meaningless characters are hitting their marks. Mm-hmm. You know? Right out of the way. You're, you know, the funny people they bump into for two lines. Like, if you get memorable stuff all throughout the movie, and they nail it. All those, all the supporting characters are memorable. The, the other salespeople they eventually oh, yeah. come into contact with, all that stuff. But the the, the main guy... Oh, the dude. I think it's time to talk because here's where he gets introduced. Dr. What is his name? Daniel Chalice. Yeah. Uh, no, he... Or does he go earlier? Do we get him earlier uh, before this? When he gets uh, called into the hospital. Yeah, we I get mean, the cool I think scene with we Nancy. Get, we find uh, the guy come into the hospital and he gets called at home. Yeah. Uh, Tom Atkins... Just mm. one of the all-time greats, legend for especially this era. Oh yeah, and uh, he's the doctor. He's got one of the great mustaches of the '80s. Yeah, this he's dude's a, this dude's a man's the man. Legend. Uh, yeah. The Fog, Night of the Creeps. Oh yeah, you great. Like, you like his iconic. lame dad role in? Uh, oh, Creep Show. Creep Show. That's why mm. God made fathers. <laughs> dude's dude's the best. He's the best. Tom and Atkins is This great. is one of his best in, in my opinion. Oh, sure. And uh yeah, he's he's the doctor. Yeah, he's married to Nancy from the original Halloween. Are they mar- they're they're divorced? Or they're divorced? I don't know. It does it, it seems like he's just a guy a It seems like they're both his kid. They they have children mm-hmm. together. So they uh, Yeah, you yeah. get Nancy from uh from Halloween. Oh, man. Who's like our favorite our co-favorite love, yeah. part of Halloween. I love her. She is. She's a real one of the great babysitters in cinema history. Oh, she's so great. Yeah, she's perfect. And here she's definitely more of a battle axe. Oh yeah, she's sick of she's Tom. She's got Atkins. like fake gray hair. Like yeah, she's, they really they, older they, up. They aged the... her tremendously. <laughs> they made they made her a similar age to Tom Atkins, who was probably I don't know mid forties. Probably yeah, seems like it. He was born in thirty five, so he was. Uh... God, oh, so probably pushing 40s. 50 by the time he's and they seemed this like they're like well she's younger but not too much younger. <laughs> she's like 26 yeah. at the time of uh but filming. he was he's got like sandy brown hair he looked pretty good for mm. being like 47 uh, or whatever yeah at this time. tom atkins with those tight pants uh, you know bulging he was, chest he's wearing his uh he's wearing his crazy and he's kind of got a little little bit of a belly but he's still sure. wearing the tight plaid shirt it's what he's still it's, pulling it. it's what the kids call the dad bod now yeah you know. And one thing about Tom Atkins in this movie, and there's going to be many, not only is he a handsy flirt, <laughs> yeah, 
but he's a handsy flirt who gets results. <laughs> this guy is touching butts all over Northern California in this says, movie. Uh, yeah, he is the friendly doctor. His right? go-to Everybody move loves him. is close smile with butt squeeze. <laughs> That's his opener. It's insane. Tom and Atkins. He gets to squeeze dude, back. John Carpenter association with Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins probably got laid dozens of times for how <laughs> Carpenter portrays him in these movies. He's in the fog. He's a dude just driving his truck, drinking beers at night, mm-hmm. who picks up Jamie Lee Curtis and then has sex with her like an hour later. He's just some guy who's drunk driving on a back road. <laughs> Also Northern California. Yeah, in Northern California. And here he's just the butt-squeezing doctor who gets everything he wants. More (laughs) chef's kisses there. Who who also drives around in a car drinking Mm six-packs. Carpenter painted a really weird image of who Tom Atkins is over the fog and Halloween 3. Well, this guy is freaking Don Draper. I think, I mean, probably, you know, it, that's just, uh, that was the role he got. You know, he mm-hmm. was he was that guy. Uh, it's like the kind of thing Joe Spinell also weirdly plays. Sure. He's always like a charming guy. Right. They both have pockmarks, too. Hmm. You don't see that much anymore with no. the actors. They, they're they all pretty boys now. It, yeah. They don't Spinell, make them like Tom Atkins anymore. Olmos and Tom Atkins. They have a yeah. little bit of, you know skin problem and someone we'll talk about uh at another time or maybe already depending on when but sid Haig. oh yeah that we are gonna be uh that guy's the king of the pockmark will, uh, yes phase. how can i ever i name drop three <laughs> could have done a mount rushmore of pockmarked <laughs> actors and i dropped he's the lincoln three. we're about to do a podcast on four different sid Haig movies oh man five actually with three from out but Ooh. that's coming up because there's still so much more Halloween three. Halloween three. So so the doctor treats the guy who's yeah starts ranting and raving about people are gonna kill us. And yeah, they're, they're coming, coming for, for us. And kill us all. He's still holding this Halloween mask, and the guy. Uh, then, Atkins goes takes a nap. One of those businessmen comes in, kills the guy in, in the a bed. Gruesome death. This movie had some gross death yeah in i was gonna say by not just like putting a pillow over the face or you know less obvious manner yeah uh no he just goes in with the thumbs and uh just scrambles the guys it's like that blade runner death it's so you know, weird rutger hauer killing uh and that's the kind of first hint too where they're like this guy would have had to be pretty strong to have done this yeah he, not just a normal dude they established that he goes in with his not even his thumb he uses his little yeah, he kind of thumb does a and forefinger yeah. into both eyeballs like and then just breaks bones uh, in the guy's face. Uh, oh, my God. And then the guy, the businessman, goes oh, out this to his is, car. So this is one of the best uh, scenes in a horror yeah. movie. We get the ever. scream. The nurse discovers what's Tom, happened. Yeah, the guy's making a hasty getaway. This, Atkins this is, wake, is, is awoken from his couch nap and uh, kind of starts walking after the guy. And he sees the guy get into his car pour gasoline all over himself which you know he brought with him beforehand mm-hmm. <laughs> and lights it lights it up he just blows just, up everything we get a nice explosion and um yeah that doesn't seem right at all dude it's such so the movie's already moving into like for somebody coming in cold it's like oh okay we're getting we're into it this is right. weird i'm into this movie and then suddenly a guy gets his face broken and it's like, oh gosh, what is this movie? And then that whole rest of that scene, 
I love the way it was shot with Tom Atkins, who is a doctor working an overnight shift, getting mm-hmm. his nap. And then you get that shots down the long hospital corridors as Atkins is kind of following this guy and trying to catch him. Right. This guy who just murdered a suspicious patient. Yes. And so all that with Atkins coming outside, and, you know, he was behind him. So the guy had time to get in his car, douse himself in gas, <laughs> which is just he really does the whole too. thing is just, oh gosh, he just He's taking a, a bath. bucket over him. Yeah. Like, oh, and then yeah, the the explosion and the gaslit is so instant. Like, I think that's I love all the hints that they go, because there's no uh, tortured scream or anything. Mm-hmm. The guy's not being burned alive. It just goes up immediately. Yeah, and that's it. He's he has he's expressionless the whole time. Yeah, that this thing is happening. And so it's so creepy. Not on the and level. It looks so good. The explosion looks fantastic. Just a car right in the middle of the parking lot, in front of a hospital going up. It's yeah. such a great visual. That whole thing is so strong. It's just like, well, I'm, I love this movie. You're in. Yeah, we're we're ten minutes into the movie. And mm-hmm. All of this has already gone down. It's and, so uh, huge. The rest of the movie kind of then, uh, to kind of speed up this uh, plot summary, the, the daughter of the murdered man comes to claim the body yeah. or identify the body. She and Tom Atkins start talking, and they try to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Why and was this her is, dad killed? It and hurt. this is also, if not, like we said, the best Tom Atkins feature. Yeah. This is really the premier Atkins performance mm-hmm. for for. And I like, yeah, I like that he's not just a typical like investigator. That he's like a doctor. That he mm-hmm. has no real. You he's know, a guy kind of roped into a story, right? Uh, has more of an everyman. And he's not quality. perfect, right? He clearly drinks probably too much, <laughs> and he's not attentive to his spouse or ex, whatever. Yeah, we get m- several moments of him blowing off his wife, which <laughs> comes back. To bite him in the butt huge <laughs> at the end of the movie. A little bit, a little bit. And we also then get Stacy Nelkin, mm-hmm. who's an actress I really love. And this is her peak performance. She's someone who's, I don't know, she's kind of yeah, got really kind of lost to, uh, to history because the, the movies that she was in, for reasons, one reason or another, never made it to like the digital age Mm. so she was in that movie we watched get crazy about that big concert event right uh, right okay and it never got a good release because rights music rights Mm -hmm. issues but it was such its own cool funny weird thing and she was like the big super fan in that there was like three movies where she had her most prominent roles that never made it past vhs yeah (laughs) this is like the one it happens but she's so good. She's like a cute uh, heroine, and the guy who got his face broke is her father. Yes. And so her and Atkins now both have a vested interest in finding out what happened right. to this guy. The guy owned a shop. They were checking out his shop, and uh, yeah, he owned like a like a toy store. Yeah, and they they kind of make the connection with the mask. He's holding this mask, and it's from a company called Silver Shamrock, and. We get the. This is that's. I think when we get the first of the song, maybe is that the first time we hear the song? No, we've been even in the beginnings because I think early, early part, right? I think that's what makes the the guy. That's what makes the uh, the old man yell so much because he keeps hearing. Right, he hears in the hospital room. It's driving him crazy. Yeah, and Tom Atkins sees it 
at his house. Yeah. His kids are watching the TV. Ever present. It is If the, you know anything about this movie, you know this theme song. It is the song. biggest earworm mm-hmm. in music history or in movie history. It is one of those things where it's in the movie so much for the first 15 minutes that the crowd always starts laughing. Because mm-hmm. Tom Atkins is playing it just like, Why, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> everywhere I go is this annoying song to like, what is it? Like, Old MacDonald had a farm. It's the, something like do, it's, do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. It's got this weird do 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 underneath, and then it's do 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 do. Yeah, it's yeah. like a like an old music box kind of a uh, tune. Oh, London Bridges. London That's Bridges. It. Oh, That's there it. we go. But it's counting down the days till Halloween. Eight more days till Halloween, and there's like a new one every day. Every lined day, them up. man. Four, five. Yeah. Uh, however many days you got, uh, they got the, the song. And so for eight it. days out, and the movies all, and the music's already like eight more. Days. And it's like, oh man, we are hearing all this song it throughout was the movie the, and it's so good it was like the 80s equivalent of the cars for kids <laughs> oh, ad how dare you <laughs> oh. just that it was ever present and if you know it you'll know it for life and you'll never be able to get it out of your head that's a tough mirror maybe not maybe not as man. evil yeah i know halloween <laughs> the silver shamrock theme to cars for kids this is a darker place than I thought we would ever, <laughs> ever go on this podcast. Well, Atkins uh, kind of turns it off in the car at one point with that disgust that yeah, I have just, every he is time so I hear it. over this song at this ah, point. Freaking kids. Um, and so, yeah, we get this great movie, and we've talked about this before. We get, uh, we, we've done a few movies filmed in Northern California area. Mm-hmm. You know, Bumblebee was all Santa Cruz. We've done a couple Santa Cruz, a couple Northern California this is a great Northern California movie. It wasn't just a line at the beginning. No. It is filmed in Northern California. Up yeah. Eureka. Up in Eureka, right. Mm-hmm. Which is at the tippy top almost there. And we've never gone. We've never visited bet, the Halloween yeah, three we, locations. Yeah, we haven't done a, a season of the witch tour. Maybe that should be the You next know they're thing up there. Do. The Silver Shamrock Factory has to be a building that is, <laughs> is up there it all well yeah when they go up there it's a very small town and it's uh but it looks so northern california that i just it looks like oh it looks uh, like dairy so much pastures mm-hmm. and it's uh basically almost right on the coast there so you got some of those rolling hills yeah it's a little bit foggy a little bit kind of gray all the time mm-hmm. you know they're always wearing jackets pretty much this whole movie yeah um great stuff like that great it's atmosphere great looking weird town and i you know me. I love a movie with a weird town. Oh, yeah. Town with a secret? I'm in. This that is, is a classic. Like a major checklist. This has got the classic, me. like, them driving down the main street, and they're the only car, and everyone in the shop windows is looking out at them. And yeah. That kind of eerie. I like, love uh, that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that. Oh, it's good oh, that's stuff. That's my favorite stuff. Done well here, yeah. And we get just a great vibe. Most of the movie takes place in, uh, what, Santa Mira? I think is that's that what the, they call uh, it, yeah. Is? And uh, we get a big chunk of movie in Santa Mira, and it's cool because we get this whole robot subplot. <laughs> There's just robots in a Halloween movie. Yes. There's this weird factory in town that makes the masks, and a bunch of people from toy stores picking up their masks. So you get great local flavor for them. You get the burgeoning romance between old one hour convince him Atkins <laughs> with uh, Stacy Nelkin. He's, he's a hard drinker, but he's a smooth talker. <laughs> <laughs> with less throat burn. <laughs> yeah, he's we, 
they we, immediately like uh, they they pose as husband and wife. They're yeah. gonna pose as toy buyers, or uh, you know, her. They're on a mission, trying to, to pick up her dad's happened. order to figure out what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, he was a toy. Like we said, he's a toy shop owner. Yeah, he, he something they're, happened with this company. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, they they we go to review the his search. purchase, and and you see that he's picked it up and stuff. But yeah, before so, uh, before they leave town, really hammers home the Tom Atkins genius. Mm. When Tom Atkins, who's already a negligent husband and father, mm-hmm. is now phoning his wife from a payphone to tell her, "Oh yeah, I gotta go to Santa Mira for like," or no, he's not telling her. He's just like, "Oh yeah, it's a work conference. It's uh, a work. I don't know where we're staying. I don't uh, know where we're staying. I don't know what it's for. It's um, just a bunch of doctors. They talking. don't have phones there. <laughs> he's giving all these terrible gotta excuses. go, and you can hear on the other end. Don't you dare hang yeah, up on she me. Is, kind of thing. Oh, she. So that yeah. that is the. What's what's her name? Nancy Keys? Oh, I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. She, oh God, she has most of yeah, her yeah keys. Nancy Keys, great. Uh, most of her best bits are voice, angry voice on phone in mm-hmm. this movie, and she's she's a perfect angry voice on phone. But Atkins is sitting there at the payphone holding the six pack. Yeah, he's got well, Miller highlight. Even better, he's got the six pack sitting on top of the payphone, yeah. and then he hangs up the phone. Kind of does this great does sweeping his, motion with yeah, his arm, crooks it in his, like he's up the six pack football. and runs to the car where the woman, yeah, where uh, his yeah. new, yeah, his new to soon to be love interest is already waiting. Yeah, oh, great moment. So so smooth. You get this guy who spent more time making sure he had a road six pack <laughs> than telling his wife why he was excuse. gone for the next four days. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I assumed they were exes because yeah, it seemed like a pretty contentious it relationship. Like, yeah, he it was, was pretty con- he, he pretty at each off. other's throats. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like to explain much to her about his comings and goings. No, and uh, but yeah, we get yeah, Stacy Nelkin and Tom Atkins posing as husband and wife, which I guess so. Sure. Yeah, why not? And they hook up a pretty quick. Almost immediately. Yeah. They meet uh, while they're staying in this town waiting to kind of get more information from the sh- silver shamrock, you know, factory. Mm-hmm. We meet the other salespeople who are great little bit parts. Uh, the, the the one guy in particular, Buddy. Yeah. Who's that just, guy? What I, a you bod. Know, That's a, you talk about pockmarked movie faces that we don't get anymore. We don't get bods like Buddies anymore. He, uh, he was in stuff, but I mean, uh, nothing... He's in Beastmaster. I don't know. He was just it seemed like he was in. You know, he was the Beastmaster. That's he does, a fall. Yeah, from... he was the Beastmaster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even have a photo on IMDb. So. Love it, love it. But he's just the great cami. Hey, how you doing? Uh, classic. Hey, salesman. I got a toy shop. I sold the most masks in this district. He seemed like blah, he was blah, blah. out of the '60s or the yeah. '50s. You oh, he's know? wearing this this body hugging <laughs> sweater. Right. Just hugging those. Full... He's got like. Too tight plaid plants, uh, big old spilly love handles and belly over right. the body. You just almost a, expect him to just have a big cigar, like a comically yeah, large, like you a know, fishing cap. Just uh, a guy driving an RV. Great old classic movie, classic weird salesman dad. kind of a guy. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. And yeah, it's just this odd relationships with everybody, and even Atkins kind of they come up with a decent way to rationalize the town. 
by Atkins going, ah, you know, it's, it's a company town. Company town, yeah. Like everybody you think there of it as almost there. like a military town. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's there as an army. Or like wife, a coal or, mining town. Uh-huh. You know, everyone works yeah. in the mine. Yeah, it's a company town. You know, people are wary of outsiders because they're all they all know each other from the factory. So it's kind of sets that weird, somewhat plausible but still isolationist right. weird town. Right. And I dig our time there. I dig the time at the factory. It looked like they had an actual mask-making factory. They certainly went out of their way to put a lot of uh, production into the mask-making. Yeah. And now, um, that is, okay, so <laughs> maybe my one quibble with the movie. Let's have this, because there's a couple, couple good ones. Because basically by the time they're um, investigating this factory, so the factory is owned and operated by uh, Cochrane. Cochrane. Uh, this great old Irish name, played by uh, Dan O'Herlihy. Yes, Connell Cochran. Connell Cochran and uh, Dan O'Herlihy. Yeah, he's best known for RoboCop and Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, in my world, anyways. Sure. Probably did a bunch of like you know, legendary ma- that guy. Exactly. Uh, he was thing. already kind of cool old, guy to old show by up. now, but uh, he's kind of running the town, and and uh, he's great in it, but. Mm-hmm. The quibble I have is that when they're touring these factories, posing as the husband and wife, it's like two days till Halloween, like maybe even one day till Halloween, <laughs> yeah. and they are still making masks. Yeah, they're just to pushing sell these things out for Halloween. Pushing those things out, are man. never going to see a storefront. Like those are, those are in the factory, man. They're, they're well, I mean, I guess that's one of the. Qu- the if you're getting <laughs> at the end, there's just boxes and boxes of these masks at the factory. <laughs> Unused. That was my only quibble. Is like we got to get these things shipped out. If well, if you're getting any... into that quibble, <laughs> I mean, the small, big flaw of the movie is the that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So it's so weird to be thinking. It's like it's like what are they doing? Like an extra two weeks of production? Those won't sell this year. Yeah, they're not going to sell. You're talking about that. In a movie where the plot is to harness the energy of Stonehenge. Remember, yeah, we started with Stonehenge. To make bugs and snakes come out of kids' faces. Yeah. Just because, quite literally, fuck kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's It's a joke on the children. So it's weird to to find fault with any other part of the movie. Because this is a weird... The guy has... No plans for world domination. No. Connell Cochran's straight up Hank Scorpio with only goals to hurt. <laughs> he just wants his only goal, his reward, is getting rid of a kids. Mm-hmm. Not every kid, but a bunch of them. Uh, as many as possible. Just as a many lot as he them. can get in one net. So, yeah. So, I guess, yeah, that's the plot of the movie. They uh, The, oh the masks God. are made with these little chips. Oh, the, chip, the chip reveal is the chips a gross. are somehow infused with particles from a rock from Stonehenge that they literally steal and ship yeah. to the factory. Maybe my favorite line of the whole movie is when Dan O'Hurley, he's uh, as Cochran is kind of explaining everything, mm-hmm. and they cut to the Stonehenge stone, and he goes, "We had a time getting it here." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> they straight up steal and ship the Stonehenge, Stonehenge stone it's, across the world. They have this great... We had a time. <laughs> yeah, oh, my it's God. It's in the, one of those great movie 
warehouse factory rooms yep where it's just a big high ceilinged room where you get down to from stairs up from up above they just have a big old chunk of stonehenge sitting in like a cordoned off area with risers built up around it like it's king kong yep you know, just yeah like, th- th- there's always oh. some kind of lab coated scientist chipping away yeah, at it in the background just kind of picking at it and then they take those particles put them into an electronic chip the commercial is the what would Beacon? you call it the the signal the, yeah. the, the trigger yeah. that uh, would trigger this and then what the particle or the mask does is somehow dissolve your head and create bugs and snakes to come out of it. <laughs> that part is the real like they don't, that is truly the fuck kids. They don't explain aspect. a thing. Like it doesn't just so blow up or something, you no. know. No. Yeah, it doesn't just send like you think it's just oh, maybe it's just a laser. That's something. That's right. still pretty unexplainable, but maybe. But just a, like a grenade kind of explosion goes off yeah. or something. No, 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 no. Your head melts inside, <laughs> and then bugs of all kinds come out. Just right out of your face. It's so beautiful. And I love how the guy, he's talking about Stonehenge as if it's just common knowledge that you draw power from Stonehenge. Yeah. Just like. We draw upon the ancient power of Stonehenge. Like he's like, talking great. about it like he grew up with this tradition. Yeah. 3,000 years ago. He's like, you know, back in the day. Well, the movie does flat out hint that O'Hurley he is like 3,000 years Do you think old. so? Like the ultimate Mr. Burns. Yeah. Just he's a guy old. who lived across uh, all centuries. He, I never really figured uh, if that was... Uh supposed to be kind of a literal thing where yeah he or he just it sounded like he was dropping first-hand knowledge of these it rituals does. like it sounds like he had a ball at these old 3000 year old virgin sacrifices oh, yeah. he's very uh, i love he's great cochran yeah Colin honestly a great weird character and the way o'hurley he uh i hope i'm saying o'hurley he correctly because that sounds funny yeah if i'm not but uh <laughs> The way that uh, the actor portrays him is so brilliantly kind of smug, and he's happy. Like you said, he's Hank Scorpio. He's really enthusiastic yeah. about this project. <laughs> he's really into it. He's like, show. Finally, they they catch on that Atkins is not who he says he is. They capture him. They capture the girl, and he does the classic walk through reveal. His walk through bad guy reveal, and it's so one of killer. the great walk through bad guy reveals of all time. Yeah, he's he's got that lighthearted. Showing him around, kind of pride. They cut to uh, the. They, it's, they, it's truly too late for you to stop me now. Yeah, suddenly exactly. we're in like a Bond movie with an alcoholic doctor and, oh, a, and a hot young lady. And dude, O'Hurley, it's one of those classic uh, older, distinguished actor bringing class mm-hmm. to something that could end up being schlocky. In wrong hands, that movie with its ridiculous plot. Could have been crap. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, it was handled oh, most definitely. as well as it could have been handled. No, he's and just so he just classed up the joint with his quiet dignity. It'd be like James Mason doing a. Oh, he had he had the perfect combination of like the kind of eyebrow raising. You know, the, the the scene in particular where he uh, he gets that salesman buddy, his wife and his kid into a room, mm-hmm. oh. and we see on the closed circuit TV just what these masks do. It's the big example reveal horror scene where we see the kid uh, go down and the bugs come out. While all of this is happening, they keep cutting to O'Hurley watching Atkins watching the video. Yeah. And there's just this 
crazy, creepy mix of anticipation. Yeah, of he's like waiting. waiting, waiting for Atkins to see this truly horrible thing he's concocted, and waiting to see his reaction. He's and, excited oh, about man, it. Just gets about me. Atkins breaking. Yes, like exactly. He's, he's like, eh, like, like <laughs> yeah. Eh, 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 no, keep watching. This is pretty fucked, right? Eh? Yeah, it's great. They, oh man, and oh, it's so good. It's the 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 vibes throughout are just so weird and so like they don't bother to explain anything. They don't linger on it, and so you're just like, oh, well, we're just doing this. They don't. All yeah, right. I mean, they they just let you know Stonehenge has got powers. Yeah, and we figured out how to harness it. Yeah. And also, every one of these henchmen is a robot that I built at some point because I'm a master toy maker. The, we get, you know? Yeah, we get. Yeah, it's it's a so cool it's west it's, it's west world. It's it got is. this total west world yeah. vibe of all the uh, yeah the robots and stuff, which is a cool little bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the great scene of Atkins punching the robot through the stomach and like coming out with all the goo on oh, his hand and stuff. Thick yellow slime just. And that, uh, and you they don't a, make slime like that no, either. That's some that's anymore. some good movie slime. Uh, classic High-end slime. slime. <laughs> you get and you also get the great shots of the robots like burbling out slime from their their mouths. Right, right. They all kind of get. Uh, what's he do? He throws a bunch of the shamrock things at them, and uh, like, they just all kind of those light classic, up. Like I got an idea. <laughs> I got an idea. Dump all the chips uh, this, out onto this, this guy. This science and technology is new to me, but this might kill everyone. <laughs> like, it does. Oh, my gosh. But it does. the movie does such a great job handling all these weird town moments of just seeing these robots. Before you know they're robots, you see them acting robotically. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take a big brain to figure out. <laughs> these aren't normal folk check out the big brain on brad yeah. <laughs> uh, and you yeah. but you you meet a few non uh robot townspeople or they are we don't know that's true yeah you know and so the whole town is you know cool and weird and empty and cold mm. and i don't know i really like all that kind of I establishing stuff but the movie where it kind of goes, I think you just have to be on board at this point because it keeps kind of going to several different end pieces. Mm. You think once Tom Atkins blows up every robot and Cochrane with Stonehenge lasers, right? That's like an end of he, the movie. The whole the whole place goes up at the end. Yeah, yeah. the whole. Silver Shamrock Factory and town is engulfed in nuclear <laughs> flames. It's a powerful rock. There's still like 20 minutes of movie after we end with the all well, of yeah, the Santa Mira getting destroyed. We get the great. Oh, you talk about the Connell Cochran character and Dan O'Hurley, his death scene where he kind of golf claps Tom Atkins <laughs> like, you bested me in yep, this one. Yep. You foiled my Stonehenge plan, my boy. Gentleman to the end. Yeah, he like kind of nods his head and does like a hands up to the side clap. Yeah, just like what are are we doing? It's like I I respect it. I respect it. I respect the game. (laughs) You knew to throw all the chips in the air. (laughs) Exactly. But I look. Tom Atkins runs up to the control panel. He just starts pushing buttons. (laughs) 
Yes. He suddenly knows how to operate a Stonehenge base power board. So I'm going to fuck this thing up yeah. somehow. There's, beep, like, beep, beep, beep. there's 80 buttons on 80 here. Buttons, and he's turning no labels. and like yeah. throw. He, there's no like big red button for him to hit. Su- he's suddenly Fred Willard breaking plates and <laughs> <laughs> pulling yanking cords. And, like, My condolences. He, he pushes like 30 buttons in a sequence. It's like did what, the trick. What is, and then just and then everybody explodes. He gets very lucky throughout this yeah. movie. There's Oof. one point where he gets tied up. They hand him a mask. Yeah, while they put he's a mask tied on. to it, well, because they want him to have snakes. While come he's out of tied his face. to the chair, I guess. Uh, gets the mask off, throws it over the <laughs> under the security camera in the top corner. I mean, he had to nail one in a million shot, one in a million from like thirty feet. Or he's with just like only a retired his wrist yeah. free to throw. He's some sort of retired uh, ball player or something because oh my god, deadly accurate with that mask throwing. Yeah, it has so many different things that require that are required for the thing to come to plot. And so I love us just jumping through each one. It's great, one. though. It's so absurd. Because then we get the long death scene of Stacy Nelkin, mm-hmm. who got c- captured and off-screen turned into a robot. Yes. Which, weirdly enough, online, you find too many, too many people confused about her being a robot. There's a too high percentage of people online who are like wait a minute if she was a robot why did she concoct this plot to oh, find her father it's like they think yeah. she's a robot from the beginning yeah no that's not right it's the thing i've seen too often to be like people come on how right. is she's clearly captured taking you to another to place food in a refrigerator <laughs> or at least a cold wet sack <laughs> like there should be no confusion she was captured and off camera for like 25 minutes mm-hmm. and people are like wait well why did they capture her if she was a robot like, <laughs> no no they they did i yeah i swear if you did she's a google turned search into a robot. there's a lot of people being like so wait a minute i mean i definitely do not think she was a robot the entire time no, no it's pretty clear obviously she's not she's the movie's she's not changed. trying to trick us yeah she's it's just changed. trying to swerve us that oh <laughs> shit she's a robot now and it's a great moment because they're he, driving along and she tries to go after him so uh they cra- the great car crash the limbs everywhere right the limbs come to life mm-hmm. and uh it's got almost the comedic you know yeah, you get like a sam raimi uh, detached yep. limb joke kind choking of him kind of a thing that's a great little funny where moment. yeah where tom atkins gets a murder attempted on him like five different times by her body parts and it yep. keeps does it does it almost goes into like a funny slapstick mode yep because he's just the, reacting. it's almost like not again yeah. yeah he's like there's so many like okay okay <laughs> i threw that one arm far enough away that, and then like a different arm comes back and starts choking him <laughs> and it's all him just working with like you know probably her arm off camera right and it's so Love like that had to be the most fun day on the set <laughs> of them pulling the different uh, Stacey Nelkin body part deaths. Probably. That had to be that had to be a good mood. But oh, this is when, this is when <laughs> you get them Tom Atkins acting chops. Here we go. This is the scene. This is the reel you play on the Tom Atkins in memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, future Tom Atkins. <laughs> he's like 81. He's still kicking. Yeah, he's, he's in his 80s. 
Um, he's still doing cons. He's still yeah. Forever still Midnight guys got to, got to hang out with him at a con. Did a yeah. whole episode with him. Great interview. Yeah. Lucky uh, guys. Great but, guy. But he is now Halloween. It's Halloween. They blew up Silver Shamrock. It's on 9 p.m. It's the it's the big time when the masks are all set to go off when the uh, when the ad finally so, hits. Yeah, this is the you're talking about mask factory overstock. I have never once in any of my trick or treating experiences agreed that yes, all of us should just go as one of these three costumes. Oh yeah, yeah. There's three silver shamrock masks. Every single kid on Halloween is like a witch, a skeleton, or a pumpkin head guy. It's true. Yeah, the the marketing campaign that went into getting everyone in America to buy these masks must have been fantastic. Yeah. And I can't imagine it was just the song. Like, no one's like, oh, yeah, if we... If I we... mean, I kind of do like the idea of the song potentially hypnotizing kids into wanting a product. You know, that's like a that's Carpenter-esque... True. That's true. You know, that's similar to like a something he didn't they live talking about the right. consumer industry well and then they do kind of have the idea of this at nine o'clock on halloween you've got to be in front of the tv yeah. to maybe win a prize yeah. or there's that, some sort of big reveal that wasn't an uncommon thing that oh yeah i was when well, that's what i mean that, that seemed like a total strategy that they would have yeah. used like, i remember a you thing, gotta wear uh, the 3d glasses to totally. see the thing or something there was a when i was a kid they had like a, a kool-aid uh mystery game that you uh-huh. played with the TV and it would show you a new clue like every week at the same time and there was a whole board that came with the paper you sure. know and it was like a screen you, you hold like... up to the screen and you're you had to make like a grid of these and then join the the dots it was right. like a two month thing and I was <laughs> in front of the TV to complete and then you know you send in the winning coordinate of where the thing is and mm-hmm. you mail it in for the chance to win the big prize I was so, in front of that TV, and I had my parents. If there was one time that I wasn't going to be able to be there, like they <laughs> were watching it, they were doing it with me. So, as silly as it is that every kid in America would want to buy one of those masks, that's why I figured it has to be. They definitely a I, jab a hint, at uh, yeah at advertising there's, like he does. Oh yeah, the whole I mean yeah the whole subtext of the movie is this kind of consumerism and commercialism and the advertising and. Yeah, how, how that has taken over the meaning of Halloween. This guy's trying to use that to get Halloween back mm. to its roots. Actually, you get a great scene. Bet- one of the, the big moments between Tom Atkins and Nancy Keys mm-hmm. is when old deadbeat dad shows up. Oh, with the bad with mask. The, with yeah. old lame plastic masks. Yep. Like, hey, I got you kids something. Knock and they're off. like disappointed. He's like, mom bought a silver shamrock mask. Right, exactly. Like, the kids are basically coming up on a skateboard with gogurt. It's the Just no, like, yeah. You're lame, Dad. It's the equivalent of like we got McDonald's, like the <laughs> yeah. Eddie Murphy bit, you know, where it's just yeah. like you just brag to yeah. everyone <laughs> when you get McDonald's. Yeah, they just rub in the silver shamrock mask, <laughs> and even she drops some sort of like thought you could, thought you could get nice one try. up on me, yeah. like yeah, you cheaped out, dummy. <laughs> um, but yeah, one so. You get this great Atkins finale. Yes. Where first he calls uh, his wife, who he's done nothing but but screw over oh, the whole time. piss off. And then yeah. he's like, you gotta believe me. And she's like, look, asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, you're drunk. You're drunk. <laughs> you're an idiot. Take I'm off the, get, get the masks out of the house. I yeah. Mean, yeah. So he, Sounds then crazy. it becomes this like Hitchcockian plot where 
Tom Atkins is the normal guy who knows this terrible thing that's impossible to tell anyone without sounding like an idiot. Yeah. So he's just like, no, get the mask off. She's like, are you still jealous about those <laughs> stupid masks? Really? I love that bookend, like tying yeah. together that conversation. Like, really? Look, they like my masks more. Yeah, sorry, like, bro. let it go, dude. And he's frantic. Yeah, he's got this great they frantic. They gotta take it off. Turn off that TV. Yeah, and who does he call to Yeah, to get the dude, thing yeah. off the air? He gets, That's my the, maybe dude, the other quibble. Like, does he know someone at the network? His acting is something I love so much in that movie, but... Some ne- I picture some poor network guy being just like, all right, everybody, shut down all television. <laughs> this crazy guy's on the phone. You know this uh, advertising marketing campaign we've been running 24 hours a day for pull the it, last month at least? We're not going to be uh, share, showing the big reveal because I got a call from a doctor, yeah. I guess. He, he said he's, he's a, doctor. a doctor. He says he's a doctor. Yeah. Sounds fucking frantic as hell sounds drunk if you ask me but he swears we gotta turn it off we do get a couple of great tom atkins vibes one of my favorite things this is the a connection i wasn't expecting to make uh in eyes wide shut (laughs) not a connection i was expecting you to make okay i love how many times tom cruise tells people he's a doctor oh yeah like that makes him like a normal dude there's so many times where he's like it's hey it's okay i'm i'm a doctor like when it should give him no actual authority, mm-hmm. it's just like he's he's and Tom Atkins has a couple like no, I'm a doctor. You gotta believe me. I'm I'm like, a well, doctor. the guy did go to several years of expensive school <laughs> for something, so right. he's got to have a leg up on me. Well, when you're arguing with robots, you're not gonna get far. Mm-mm. But he calls up a TV station because now it's eleven. Ooh, they they really got him to a phone pretty close 11:59. the mask every mask in the world and they do that cool montage mm-hmm. of the extended silver shamrock song as it shows major cities in america with trick-or-treaters right yeah great moment. beautiful touch great moment yeah Bunch maybe, of kids maybe all wearing the masks now that we know the masks are gonna melt their faces yeah you see him in ohio and arizona but mm-hmm. I, I was wondering maybe he is just calling like a, the local affiliate or something like it must just i you know he's yeah, just trying he's to trying get to it off his, his kids, kids. Yeah, exactly he, he's just trying to keep his kids from watching it but even then the so. only character that i could see turning off the broadcast is like the zit face teen on the simpsons right like uh, some guy just called <laughs> dr Salas said we gotta do this <laughs> yeah everybody else would be just like you want us to just shut down like if you worked if you were on a show at k-sun uh-huh <laughs> and some guy called you up and be like turn off the broadcast stop playing the cure turn it off you'd everyone's be just, gonna die you'd be just like yeah some asshole ah, jesus yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd hang hey, up we, on him. Hey, we got one caller. Hey, that creep He's called back. <laughs> like, no, but like Tom Atkins was in a tough spot. Tough. And he was convinced. All he does is like, look, you got to believe me. You got to believe Turn me. It, they're going to kill the kids. Crazy. No, I can't explain it. Yeah. There's not enough time to explain. Just do, like It's life and death. Yeah. I think he uses that a couple of times. Yeah. It's life and death. Technically. I mean, he's accurate, not wrong. But it's it a tough, so dramatic. tough cold open. Yeah. Tough thing to, to Tough hit in the conversation. But he gets two out of three. There's three channels. He gets, they go, someone goes along with it and they turn off. I mean, it's just a great moment of the kid in front of the TV in front of him mm-hmm. clicking the channel. Yeah. Do, 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 oh. And you know it's about to go down. Do, 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 do. Great tension building. Do, do, do at the end. And yeah, flipping from channel to channel. 
And then it just, yeah, it closes with him just being like, it's still on the third channel. Please, please, it's still turn on it the off. third channel. You turn, it turn it off. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, it's the best cold close to a movie. Mm-hmm. I love that for a horror movie. Him flipping out that the commercial is still playing. And there's going to be millions of uh, kids dead. And yeah. you're seeing him in the moment before just the apocalypse yeah, he, happens it kind of does that freeze frame on his screaming head there for a second and kind of yeah dissolves into the effect and that's it man yeah that's the movie we're done oh i love it such a shame this movie was so uh set up for fail just misunderstood almost. yeah you know yeah it's such a fun movie it's a, a glimpse of what could have been you know and uh i mean if they, they go this crazy the first yeah out the it's gate so anthology uh, attempt then man who knows what they were going to get into oh yeah later on but like uh, i said we've gotten no shortage of of anthologies over the years since then we got the whole masters of horror thing which carpenter was even sure. a part of and uh you know we have a couple different options now the new creep show and other stuff but uh, what could have been you know like yeah. a yearly and just feature length like anthology series it's like a real that. interesting like cool. uh what if kind of path because yeah. how much maybe he doesn't take on a studio contract kind of movie like christine mm. if uh he's busy doing these halloween movies i know how much christine is big one for you and i right one of my absolute right. favorites yeah and you know stuff like Big Trouble and They Live. Like if he's if this Halloween thing becomes a boom industry, is he just going to be a guy, James Cameron style, tied up making Avatar movies Ugh, that nobody wants, these nobody wants, and he seemingly doesn't even want to do? But he's like, yeah. But like a decade later, he's like, you know what? Somebody needs to. And then one guy's like, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> And so yeah. maybe Carpenter by 87 is just like, okay, we're on Halloween 9. <laughs> and, like, maybe Big Trouble doesn't happen. Maybe They Live doesn't happen because maybe his creative uh, output know, is man. taken up with something else. So instead we got this lone beacon in the dark. Oh, Season of the Witch. What could have been? Even a, a weird title also. Also, if they, really they never wanna, played it. They yeah. never played the song. No, if we really just are further trying to distance the viewing public, we want people to gripe about no Michael Myers and then be like, and who's this witch? And yeah. like, who's this witch guy? And just have a movie about a, a really catchy advertisement yeah. jingle. Colin Cochran <laughs> mentions uh, witchcraft like once in mm-hmm. his crazy monologue where he's like, so obviously the Stonehenge thing didn't bother you that much. So let me tell you more of this you seem backstory. pretty unfazed about this <laughs> yeah. whole Stonehenge aspect. Maybe you're not getting what I've been <laughs> saying, so let me put it all yeah. out there. Yeah. He really cool. lays down the history of killing kids. Halloween, as yeah. it was called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all Hallows Eve. It's like, oh boy, we're... The Feast of Sam Haya and stuff oh, like yes. that. Yeah, yeah. he really get, digs like, deep oof. into like late 60s uh, witchcraft <laughs> kind of movies. Out of the blue. Love it. And you're like, well, I guess Season of the Witch. Okay. Such a cool movie, though. It's so cool. It's so its own thing. It's so neat. And it's so just Halloween 3. It's so great. It's the season for it. Go see it. It's the season. If you've avoided it because right? you're a weird Michael Myers you had your doubts and stuff, yeah. Do, if you're that much of a weenus, 
<laughs> just do what we you know the unhappy campers thing just think of the movie as season of the witch oh there you go yeah if it was not associated with the word halloween and yeah. had just been its own thing much different would have been legendary yeah. right out of the gate i think so now it's already it's there now 20 you know 35 plus years later right and it was a long journey but yeah season of the witch no confusion no problems <laughs> people leave there just thinking it was cool thinking they got cool makeup effects you know the music sounded good yep yeah and you, you get, get tom Atkins you got your tommy ads. charm they mm. got charmed into hypnosis mm. i love it no all right see well. it if you've been avoiding it cut it out do it now yes stop it stop, stop it, it. <laughs> and yeah we'll be back in the future with a big old Sid Haig retrospective. We got a lot coming. Yeah, we got, we got a lot, a lot for you guys. coming down the line. So stick it's with us. It's going to be a good month. And uh, we will be back next time. Thanks. I'm Eric. This is Charlie. It's come to this.